So, so I was just like sitting there waiting for my Uber and then I go in to hug him and he goes in for a kiss and the kiss turns into like kind of a make out and I don't remember how to even kiss at this point and I don't remember what happened but it was the worst performance of my entire life and I genuinely think that this kid probably thinks I've never kissed a boy in my entire life. Did Have you talked to him since? No. No, no, you haven't. The kiss was that bad. You haven't talked to the kiss. Okay, calm down, calm down. No, let me give you some backstory, okay? We're your besties in your ear. Back for another episode of Mean Girl Pod. Focus. Welcome back to another episode of Mean Girl Pod. We are out of office. God, I'm good at that. Ooh, wait, that's kind of catchy. Like out of office episodes. Like oh, 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 wait. What is it saying when you're like gone? Oh, D and D or O O O O O O E out triple O E. But do but people when they're on vacation and they post like a photo of palm trees, they put do not disturb D and D. Yeah. Or O out of the office. O O T O. It's just O O O. O O O out of office. Yeah, that makes total sense. Or in our case, triple O E out of office episode. We're at while we were young. We're actually where I had my birthday. We're in the West Village. In yes. New York, yes, this is like the cozy part of New York. You know, a lot of people come to New York and they think they're in New York when they're in Midtown, like that strip right there. But they never go anywhere else, so then they only have one thing to associate it with. But all the neighborhoods are so different. This, like, this feels totally different than Midtown. Oh, fully. It's not your besides my neighborhood. Y- your neighborhood, you love your neighborhood. I do love my neighborhood, but no, that's so true. Like, if this is not what people assume New York is like, not at all. But I love it. It's great. Um, the bar is behind us, and speaking of the bar. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is sponsored by the one and only Pink Whitney. And we're, it's officially spring, and then it's going to be summer. Like, you know what? Control, alt, delete, March. Like, I don't even think that month happened. So now we're in spring, and it's like the weather's turning, and it's happy times. So go shoot your shot with all your friends. Like, go out. It's going to be shot girl summer, hot girl summer. Also, shot girl spring. We have, you guys, the springcation sweeps are still in a go. And this is so exciting because you and three friends get to win a free trip to South Florida. And you can stay in an Airbnb tricked out with all Pink Whitney stuff. It's going to be so much fun. Springcation. I would, I mean, if we could win, I would absolutely love to go because it would be so much fun. Because one, two, and three. And it's so easy to enter. All you have to do is enter your contact info, show a photo of your ultimate springcation, and describe your ideal spring getaway. You have to enter before April 25th, so you still have like a month. And all you have to do is enter at pinkwhitney.com and take your shot of Pink Whitney today. And tag them on social media when you take that shot. Yes, yes. The more you tag them, the more more opportunity you have to win. So just like go crazy. Cool. (laughs) Go crazy. Go crazy on it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so. How have you been? I have been in a daze. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I was thinking? Okay. You know how we obviously had like a rough two weeks ago? Yeah. And I, I was thinking about this. When things are good, you go into autopilot and you're just enjoying the good. When things are bad, that's when you get to know your real self. Mm-hmm. And because you're forced to stop and say, hold on, what, what's happening around me? What do I want to do? And then it's like you're never thankful for the good and the good, but you always start like self-auditing in the bad. So I've realized if you gave me the choice to do that again, I would pick it every single time. And I'm very thankful for it. And I think much stronger, happier, more peaceful on the other side of it. Also, I read in a book... If it feels like you're trying to go somewhere, but you don't understand the path of getting there, it's because you're focusing on how to get there and all the steps instead of why you're going there. And that for me was so like the fact that 
meaning is attached to anything like really rang true to me. And I was like, okay, it's not the steps to get to where you want to go. It's not how we're getting there because we can't write those down because you never know. But why? Like if you ask yourself, why are you going there? I was like, oh my God, I feel so much better. And there's like a sense of peace attached to that. Yeah. Also, like if the process is always easy, you never appreciate it. Ever. The hard times make the good times so much better and it just makes you appreciate everything in the whole process. Yeah. So I would say like my overall vibe right now is calm, collected, aware. I'm in a hermit phase fully. Like I'm, I'm like no social interactions, but I love that. And I just feel like at peace and just kind of like guarded, but happy. Yeah. What about you? Well, um, about the same. Okay. I can't remember anything. Can you, you can't remember anything either. No, I can't remember anything. This week, I have not left my apartment. I didn't leave my bed all day yesterday except to go to therapy, but I needed it. It wasn't a bad thing. So today feels good because I put makeup on and like, that's why I'm not putting, I didn't put sweats on today because I've lived in the same sweats and sweatshirt for four days. But last week, I have a story for you guys. Um, so I forgot how to kiss. Oh. And be a human being, and I wanted to tell you guys that story. Okay, I love. I would love to hear this. I feel like a lot of laughs have just been delayed. Kind <laughs> of happened. My, I am not in my body for the last fourteen Wait, Alana, days. How are you? Not in my body. <laughs> We're so selfish. Not even to ask how she's doing. <laughs> not human. Do you feel like you're watching yourself, or not even that, Alex? How did you know exactly what I was going to say? I've I been feel watching like myself. I'm watching myself, especially like I was in a meeting earlier today and I was like, I felt like I was watching myself from above, have no input. Wow. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. And I was like watching myself from outside of myself be like, dude, say something like have an opinion. Like, why else are you here? Do you know what I mean? And I was like, yes. oh my gosh, I can't get myself to even have an opinion right now. Okay. So how are, wait, so how are you Does handling that? Like when you, when you, cause this happened to me. So when you decide, like, I can't get myself to have an opinion, like, I can't get myself to form a lot of thoughts right now. Do you say it's okay, honey? Or are you like, no. Okay. It's funny you said that. Cause on my way over here, cause I was from the, I was, I came from the office. I'm like, how do I freaking like get out of this? Like, how am I going to go record right now? And I'm like, maybe I should go to the shore this weekend. I need to like get away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I was even thinking like, oh, um, Mike's out of town. Maybe I'll like have ask like some of my girlfriends if they want to like sleep over on Friday. But I was like, wait, I don't even want to do that. I do. But like, I don't think that will be what I need right now. Like I want to like exit. Yeah. Correct. And go reset and then return. You know what I mean? It's hard to be around other people right now. Other than like you guys. Yeah. I don't really feel like explaining anything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, like when we're together and we're like, yeah, got it. (laughs) And every time I I try to explain it, I regret it. I'm like, I didn't mean that. So I just want to live inside of me, not anywhere else. That's fair. Escape is the term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I also just lost my... Tell us the kiss story. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So last week, everything happened on Monday, but I had a date planned for Wednesday. And you guys know me. I'm notorious. I cannot cancel plans. Like a family member could literally die and I would figure out a way to keep the plan going because the anxiety around canceling a plan is just too intense for me. Can I just intervene here for a second? (laughs) I wanted to take Jordan to Sonoma for her birthday. And this bitch said no because she has to watch her parents' dog. And I wanted to respond back. Someone else will watch it. You have two months to get another dog sitter. She's like, can't. I already committed. And I'm she like. She loves watching that dog. Eloise? Is that the dog's name? Elroy. 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 Okay. Okay. The reason why is because my parents asked me back in 
October and my I have three friends coming with me to watch him and I couldn't we all they already bought their train tickets that that makes sense but other than that I'm like (laughs) bored the dog I don't know who never bored my dog get somebody else to watch the dog bring the dog I feel bad. My parents, just, I don't know. I can't cancel things. It's the problem. But we're going to go a different week. We are. No, we're going to go. We're, we are. We are. We are. I just, I, when I read the text, I was like, do you have to watch the dog? I knew. I'm I like, knew when I said dog? that. Alex was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And I was like, it's really complicated. No, I just said, okay, fine. Fine. So yeah, I can't cancel plans. Once I commit, I'm stuck. No ands, ifs, or buts. So I went on a date on Wednesday. And this was my second date with this guy. And you guys know, like, the more you go on dates with people, the more likely you are to be physical with that person. I think that is a fact, right? Yes. <laughs> you, like first first date, you don't necessarily need to kiss them. Second date, you're like, all right. And if you go on a third date and you haven't kissed, like th- it's game over. You're having that kiss on the third date or pretty much like forever hold your peace. That's kind of the rule. Seems unwritten, yes. Because, like, think about going on a fourth date with someone. If you haven't kissed, you're like, are we friends? Right. Like, why? And why have you not kissed me? Do you kiss a guy first? I would never. They have to kiss you first. They have to go first, right? Oh, I would never. Okay. All right. Keep going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Confirming. How, like, far leaned in does someone have to go to make them be the one that kissed you? Well, I think it's usually a hug that turns into a kiss. So, what, you hold on to them and you look up and then they look down and kiss you? I, the amount of sober kisses I've had is like three, so I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I would think that would be how it would go. You give him a sign. I do think the girl has to give him like a little wink. They're like, yeah. it's okay to kiss me. Also, having a first kiss is like giving a speech. Like you just black out. I believe. Okay, fair, yeah. fair. So we're on the date and I, you, you guys remember how you felt like just brain dead. Like I couldn't even form a sentence, but I was pushing through the date and then he was like, hey, do you want to go to another place? And I was honest with him. I was like, Bob, we'll call him Bob. I was like, Bob. I'm exhausted. I need to go home. I need to get sleep. I'm so sorry. I had the hardest week of my life. And he was like, okay, that's totally fine. Blah, blah, blah. So when we're waiting for the Uber, I assumed like we all could read the room and he just like understood that I was dead and like there was gonna be no kissing. So so I was just like sitting there waiting for my Uber and then I go in to hug him and he goes in for a kiss and the kiss turns into like kind of a makeout and I don't remember how to even kiss at this point and I don't remember what happened, but it was the worst performance of my entire life. And I genuinely think that this kid probably thinks I've never kissed a boy in my entire life. Did have you talked to him since? No, no, <laughs> no. You haven't. The kiss was that bad. You, you haven't talked to him. Kiss. Okay. Calm oh. down. Calm down. No. Let me give you some backstory. Okay. Okay. So after that, I walked into my Uber mortified. <laughs> Shut. Oh. This is me and Alex twisting a narrative of what happened. <laughs> Jordan was such a bad kisser, she got ghosted. Right, right, right. We just took that and we were like, uh-huh. Okay, first of all, I know I'm a good kisser. This one, I was not a good kisser, but I went to my Uber and I was mortified. I was like, oh my God, I, I like, I pride myself on kissing. And I think kissing is like the beginning of what can make or break a relationship. The way you, if you are compatible when you kiss somebody, you're compatible having sex with somebody. Because everyone kisses differently, so. No. Yes. No. Yes. Wait, you actually think that? Fully. Oh my God. I've like flushed that theory out. No, I've kissed a lot of people and I've hated having sex with them. And I've, there's been a, actually, the most recent person I had sex with, I hated kissing him, but I liked having sex with him. You have mentioned multiple times in here that you haven't done a lot of these things sober. I think if you soberly kiss somebody and you're compatible with Facts. them, you soberly can have sex with them and you're also compatible with them. Facts. Touche. Okay. okay. Your, your theory stands. Mine gets flushed on the toilet. Okay. But anyways, I was, I was in the Uber and I was mortified. So I texted him and I was like, hey, I just want to let you know, like I had a great time tonight. I'm so sorry that like mentally I'm not good. 
let me take some time for myself and I will get back to you when like I'm good and we can, we can hang out again. And he texted back and he was like, that sounds great. Blah, blah. It, his text back to me kind of made me feel like he thought I was like, it was like a cop out. Like you were ending it with him. Yeah. Like you didn't have fun. Like, okay. Cause he doesn't know Bart so at all. And I know that's kind of surprising, but like he legitly doesn't. It's a breath of fresh air. That's nice. Like I told him and I was like, did you see anything that happened? He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, great. So great. I think he thinks I was joking or so, not joking. Like, a but he line. probably thinks you were being dramatic and like <laughs> embellishing the story. Yes. Because you would think that if you heard it. Yes. Okay, so Bob then responds back something surface, kind of like, got it, she doesn't want to hang out with me. Yes, like his texts back were very dry and kind of like, yeah, they're like, okay, cool. I mean, what are you going to do if you're him? You, you got in the Uber and sent that. Like, yeah. he's, his ego's bruised. Do you like Bob and want to see Bob again, or do you not even care? <laughs> so this is where I'm at, is part of me is like, I have to redeem myself. No matter what I do, I have to redeem myself. That's the ego. And part of me is like, I'm so embarrassed. I never want to see him again. And then part of me is like, no, I actually like him. And when I'm mentally okay, I want to see him again. Okay, so you're like down to text him because Bob at this point cannot text you. Like you have to text him because you shut him down in the Uber after the date. Like that quickly after. After the worst kiss of his entire life. I bet it wasn't (laughs) even that bad. I bet he thought it was fine. No, Alex. I mean, no, I, 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 it was not good. I can't, you texted me and you said, I kissed him and I forgot how to kiss. And then the next day you go, Oh my God, did I tell you I kissed him? And I was like, yes, you did last night. And you, it was bad. Like think about your first kiss on steroids. Do you remember your first kiss? I do actually. Yeah. Okay. Tell me your first kiss story because mine was, mine was mortifying. Oh, I would, I would love to. I actually love my first kiss story. Okay. Tell us. So I didn't have my first kiss until I was 15 and I wanted to kiss a boy so bad. Like I would like dream about it. I'm like, I just want to kiss a boy. Also I was at the age of 15 where I was like, I need to kiss a boy. <laughs> like it's <Right>. embarrassing. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's fair. How old are you? I think, I, well, how old are you in eighth grade? Like 14. Okay. So I was 14. I was, 13, a, 14. I, no, I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And we're both summer birthdays. So you were probably 12, 13. I th- yeah, yeah, I was in eighth grade. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. That's time. Yeah, and I got my first boyfriend. <laughs> There's no such thing as time. That's appropriate. That's time. That's, well, yes. <laughs> I told you guys I wasn't cute, but I got my first boyfriend, and I loved him. I was so obsessed with him. Did you tell him you loved him? Not first. Okay. But oh. eventually, like, he told me, and we dated for, like, on and for, like, two years. Okay. But he was mean. He was a bad guy. <clears throat> but he's a good guy now. But he was bad to me back then. All that matters is how they end up, not where they start. Exactly. I think he's actually a really good guy now. Um, but anyways, so we were downstairs in my basement. And I lived in a house where it's a one-story walk-up. So you walk in, and that's, like, the main level. And then you have a downstairs, not a basement. Okay. So we had a very open downstairs. And my parents would, like, let me hang out with him down there. And one day before he was leaving, he hugged me. And then he quit kissed me. And it was one of those things where it's like, you don't know how to kiss. But I thought it was like the most romantic thing in my entire life. Wait, that's so cute. Okay, yeah. so you enjoyed it. Oh, I loved it. I can vividly remember exactly how it happened to this day. Same. Okay. Okay. Yours. Okay. So I lived down the street, like 12 houses down from a really cute boy who went to a different school. Ooh. And, you know, like you have all your girlfriends over and he has all his guy friends over and like you hang out on the block. Right. So we were at his house and he was walking me home to my house. And I always thought he was cute. And I, I kind of thought maybe, you know, he told a friend of a friend that was like, you know, Alex thinks you're cute. Okay. He thinks you're cute. Too. Wait, how old are you? I'm in eighth grade. Okay. The summer, if, I'm in the summer between eighth grade going into freshman year. Okay. He walks me to the edge of my driveway and it's pitch black outside. All my friends have already gone inside. It's just the two of us. And he just reached over and he kissed me. He had braces. 
I didn't have braces. I do remember putting the tongue a little bit over in that area and, and feeling the braces. And I was like, whoa. But it's your first kiss. So like, you don't even think about it. You're just tongue like. Tongue on your first kiss? You're just shocked you're having your first <sighs> kiss. And so then I went back inside though and I told one of my friends. Because I was like so excited, but also like shocked. I'll never forget it. I said, I just had my first kiss. She hadn't had hers yet. And she me and said, not that big of a deal. Why are you being dramatic? And walked off. And I was, Jealous. I was so sad. sad because I wanted like somebody to be like, yay. And she was yeah. like, don't be dramatic. And I was like, oh, sad. but it was like such a big deal to me. So I laid there all night and I was like, what? And then you just like replayed in your head. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can remember. Like I can, I remember it right now. Yeah. I love, I love kissing so much. Kissing is so fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. Quick pause to talk about Adam and Eve because raise your hand if you want better sex. We all do. Um, <laughs> And who wants to start having better sex immediately? Raise your hand. All of us. The best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com because they're offering, this is literally, it's always the best deal. And Jordan's going to tell you what she got. But they're offering 50% off just about any one item plus free shipping, which includes rush processing. If you're a last minute gal like myself, don't wait. Better sex is just one click away. Bring more pleasure Mm -hmm. and satisfaction into your bedroom. Enter code MEANGIRL at checkout. All you have to do is go to adamneve.com and select any one item. Enter code MEANGIRL at checkout. That's M-E-A-N-G-I-R-L at adamneve.com. Jordan, what did you get? Yep. So since I am terrified of boys now and, and tainted from my bad first kiss, I decided to buy my own little something, something from Adam and Eve. And I used code MEANGIRL because it's 50% off. Discreet shipping, discreet package, sorry, discreet packaging, free shipping. Rush shipping. Rush shipping. And now it's going to come to my door, my room. It will have no idea what it is. And I'm very excited to use it. Do you think there's a difference between saying love ya and love you? Okay. You want to know what's so funny what? that you say that? So like I have an issue with people saying like love you. I want you to say I love you. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that. But you know what I was thinking about the other day? Why don't people say, instead of saying I love you, they say, why don't they say I'm in love with you? Okay, well, I'm not in love with you, but I love you. Sorry, I mean, like, your romantic partner. Okay, I agree with that. I, I like I'm in love with you at the beginning, but then I think it's fair to say I love you because you understand what that means. Yeah. But do you think if the first time someone says, they're trying to say love you, and they say love ya with a Y-A, it's not, it's, that's not it, right? That's if, not it. If a guy said that to me, I would be like, are, are we best friends now? He means I care about you as a person, right? But does someone say that? I had a friend with this scenario, and so I thought it was interesting. But no. I was like, no, 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 love ya is just saying, like, I care about you as a human being, but, like, I love you, you, is like... Yeah. I also, I like that, though. I like I'm in love with you for the very first time. I think it... Ooh, should, like eye contact. So my friend was talking to me about um, that and we were just thinking and I was like, it's so interesting to be in a relationship and someone say, I love you. Like, I feel like the first time we need to be like, I'm in love with you. Like in your, and it's like you're kissing and like he grabs your face. He's like, I'm in love with you. And you're like, that's what Mike did to me. But he was so drunk. I was like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. And then he was like, fuck off Alana. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in love with you. Fuck off. <laughs> The first time Graham told me he loved me, he was at Coachella at 2 a.m. And he's like, I love you, though. Because I'm like, who are you? Like, what are you doing and who are you with? And he's like, it doesn't matter because I love you. Like, then he would, like, cancel out the fact that I knew he was into, like, debaucherous situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. The last time someone said they loved me, they were accidentally, they accidentally said it to me. What? Oh, that's right. They did. Yeah. They let it slip. Yeah. And I, he was just like, oh, I, um. I did not mean that. I was like, it's fine. Oh, right. Yeah, because I was. it was so early on. But other than that, I don't remember. Oh, my boyfriend of five years, he was wasted on a, we were on a frat 
we're going to a frat party and he was wasted on the bus. He was like, Jordan, I love you. <laughs> okay, so if all three of us were told that they love us. When they're drunk. And when they're drunk, is there something about like, is liquid courage real? Like, do you think someone tells you I love you and they're drunk the first time and they really love you? I do. I think they yes. really do love you. Yes, Remember, I, I think so too. Sober words or drunken words are sober thoughts. Yeah. And they're just, they're just giving you courage. Yes. It's just like how people don't kiss soberly for the first time or have sex soberly for the first time. They could though. They, we reserve the right to do that. But don't. Oh, but, but here's the thing. Here's what you could do. Like if you made out with somebody drunk a number of times and then you had a sober make out, that's like, that's like, even, that's like real part two. Like the first yeah. time you kiss is like the butterflies. But then if you do it sober, it's butterflies again. Well, remember the astronaut? Uh, yes, yes, yeah, the, the guy that was the astronaut on Halloween. Yeah, oh. I was like Louis, no, so, Lance. Yeah, Lance Armstrong. That's the one. <laughs> so that was a perfect scenario because when we our first date we got blackout and we made out, and then the the second time when we hung out we kissed sober and it wasn't weird at all because we we both already knew we like made out. You had done it before. Yeah, yeah. And then we and then it was just like cool. Yeah, that's fair. Which you know what brings me to a question for you. Okay, so. Do you think there's a difference between being comfortable with someone physically and emotionally? Or not like a difference, but do you have people in your life that you've met that are guys and you're like, I'm very comfortable with you emotionally, but physically I'm not, or I'm very comfortable with you physically, but I'm not emotionally. Yes. I believe in physical and emotional energy in terms of compatibility. Mm -hmm. And the only way I can attach this to meaning is I take Graham and his groomsmen. So I take Graham's eight best guy friends there are some of them where I can sit and have an emotional connection with them. And it's like, you, we're speaking the same language. You can shoot me a text and it's like, we vibe together. Mm -hmm. There are some of them where like his, his best man can like put his arm around me, Jason. And it's like, that's not weird at all. But there are some of his other friends where like, I can barely even hug them. Yes. And I think, so I think it's, it's like the ability to even be able to change in front of a girlfriend mm -hmm. versus not all of that's So real. I think it's like wiring. Like I think that, we have wires attached to certain people that you just vibe with. And I think that they're like, they're real things. Do like, you? Yes. Cause even with you, like when, like when you put your hand on my leg, I didn't even think twice, but if someone else did that, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I don't want to hug you. Yeah. Like to some people, I, I, I love hugging you. I don't mind touching you at all. Not one bit. But when I've been going on dates, cause I've been doing that lately. Um, <laughs> a lot of the guys that I've been going on dates with, I like connect with emotionally, but physically there's just nothing there. Like, Bob, for example, he's like put his arm around me a few times and I just like freeze. And you know how you mean like astronaut, for example, the first time he like touched me, it was just like easy peasy lemon squeezy. Okay. What about like, is there such thing as a person you want to talk to and flirt with all day long over text in person? Like you're so flirty, but you're like, I don't want to go in the bedroom with you. Yeah. The other guy. Okay. Or there's the guy that you're like, you're so freaking hot in bed, but like, I'm like knocking on the wood and I'm like, hello, is anyone home? Okay. Is that's what you're saying? Like it's yes. that drastic. Yes. Okay. But usually I've never had it where if I'm, if I like someone emotionally, usually physically I'm like cool with it. So you're so, okay. Okay. So, cause some people are like physical first. I was actually talking to one of my guy friends about this. I said, oh. I need you to label things out for me here. What are your top three priorities? And he was saying, he's like, I first look and he said, this is in order. I see her and I think she's hot. From there, she has to make me laugh. All she, for a one night stand, she just has to be hot. 
Okay. For me to text her the next day, she had to be funny and have some kind of a personality. So the personality gets her to like the next day. And then he said the weirdest thing from there is like, I love looking at someone's style because if a girl has good style, it lets me know how she can like read a room and like her wear with, which I thought was like so interesting. So then I said, do you care um, in terms of like, if she's lazy, like what if she sleeps in all day and like doesn't have a job? He's like, I don't care if she has a job. I do care if she doesn't get out of bed though. Like if she doesn't go to the gym and stuff like that. And it's like, that to me would be so emotional, but none of that had to do with like physical connection. That's actually so interesting because if, if I were to reverse and think about a guy, physical looks first, laughing second, and then style, honestly, third. I, style's a big one because it tells you about them. It, it, show, it kind of, oh my, wait. I know. I, I was literally just going to say it kind of shows how he can work a room. Yeah, it, he, said, he said the words, her awareness. Because if you go on a date with someone and they're, and I'm, I can say this because I'm from Minnesota, so don't even come at me. If they come, if they come on a first date in New York and they're wearing like a flannel and just like jeans and like dirty shoes, that gives me the impression that they don't maybe respect themselves that much and they don't have the confidence to like work a room or work the people in the room. And, and there's too much to come back from. Like, yeah, that's, you can't mold that. That's, a, that's not your right foundation. Maybe they are smart as a whip. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're book smart and highly intelligent and that's fine. But for what you're looking for, like, it's just a value miss. And it's okay. Like, it's okay to say that. The first thing I look at on a guy is shoes and a watch. And the first thing I look on a girl is the shoes in the bag. I think the first thing I look at on a guy. No, I look at their physical legs every time. Because I can tell. I told Grant this when I met him. I can tell by the shape of your. It's not how muscular your legs are. It has nothing to do with that. It's just like the shape of them. I look at that and I like love it. And then I look at like their jawline. Does the shape of the leg show like if they were athletic? Or kind of like athletic the way they're going to walk. Like just like a little swagger to them. The, the way they walk is huge. The way a guy walks can tell you everything about them. And the way they carry themselves. It's like you're confident. or Like it's the difference between confident and not. And you're like. Okay. Body language. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, that's actually so interesting. So all that to say, the physical versus emotional, I think, is very real. And there's, like, signs around both. But I think you're right. Most of the time, like, physical can get you through one night. But mm-hmm. emotional, I think, creates longevity totally. I'm just, like, I feel like I've matured so much with guys. I'm just, like, I'm starting to make guy friends now. And I... <laughs> Jordan said this to me today. She's talking to me about this guy. And she's, like, and, and he... You, you like a lot about this guy. Yeah. Like, she's like, he's smart. He's all this. And I'm like, do you like him? And you go, no. But, like, I learn a lot from him. And I said, I stopped in the middle of the street. I said, do you have a guy friend? Do you get what I'm saying now with guy friends? Because <laughs> I have a guy friend. All these guys, you said, like, three episodes ago, you're like, I don't believe guy friends don't work for me because I just need to be attracted to them. And it's like, you finally have a guy friend now that you gain something from, like, you learn from. That's friendship. Yeah. I also, like, the guys I've been going on dates with, too, I'm like, I could really use you as a guy friend but I don't want to be physical with you so I'm gonna friend zone all of you but that that's real I know I feel like I'm maturing I think you are this is why dating multiple people is healthy I think well I think you can learn a lot from dating multiple people also you don't get obsessed with that one person I think that's also helped me because I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket and I've never dated multiple people before this is the first in my life and I feel like it's helping me one not get obsessed with that person to not think about things too much and three see bigger picture. I okay, so I'm going to piggyback on that and say when you think about bigger picture, I was thinking about the power of the pause that we talked about last week's episode. I love the power of the pause. Talk and thinking about how when something happens and you're forced to like react immediately and how we were saying like when all that kind of went down, we were like we're going to pause and we're not going to respond. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, where else has the power of the pause been beneficial for me? And it's with people. 
Because what I used to do was I would be so quick to judge somebody off of like the littlest things. And what I've been doing lately is like give, you were the first person that taught me this, but like give people a chance to show up. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And then you learn a lot about them. And it's like, I have so many more meaningful connections because I wasn't so quick to like make a rash decision about how I felt about somebody. If you just pause and you're like, let them, let me learn a little bit about them. Cause that's what you would want somebody to do to you. Give you like chances to show up. Yes. Do you know who Simon Sinek is the author? Yeah, I do. Okay, so I was reading about how when he first started writing his books, he got a lot of love and a lot of hate. And what he would do with the haters was he would invite them to his office. And him and his team would sit with them and they'd be like, okay, why why are you a hater? And then they would be like, all right, so can we change your mind? This is why we do X, Y, Z. And he was exhausted for that month that he did it. And then somebody came to him and was like, so funny that you spend all the time with the haters. Why don't you just respond back to all the people that love you and tell them you love them back? And he said it taught him how to rearrange his energy so when you respond to haters, you're giving, or even respond in general to anybody, you're giving them a piece of you, like you're giving them energy. And when you respond to lovers, like that's happy energy. But if you pause, then you're protecting yourself because you're not giving anybody energy. And you can ask yourself, like, do I want to give away this energy or do I want to protect my energy? And that's not worth it. And I thought that was the power of the pause. I love that. And I think anyone can take a lesson from that and like use in their daily life. And also the power of the pause can work across the whole board. It can be if you're having an argument with your mom or dad, if you're wanting to even like text your drunk, your ex drunk, mm-hmm. it's just like pause and wait until the next day. Because I bet you 20 bucks. If you wait 24 hours, you are going to have a full blown different conversation, different response, or not even want to, not even want to reach out at all. Yeah. You know, when you're taking a test in high school and they said your first instincts often the right one. Yes. Okay, so I always took that, and I was like, just go with the gut. <laughs> and it's like, no. No. Like, do that on a test or something. Like, But with this, like, the more you grow up, the more it's just like, don't say anything. Like, less is so much more. It's like, it's just like when you're wanting to respond to a friend in an argument, put it in your notes app, let it sit, read the next day, and then decide if you want to send that text. Probably going to delete it. Every, every 10 out of 10 times, I've always deleted it. Quick pause for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp, because this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, as we've learned. I mean, we are the queen of always evolving on this podcast, especially because we're always growing and changing. We're always saying how we contradict ourselves, but we're willing to learn, and that's what therapy can teach you because it teaches you more about yourself. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we react. Like, for instance, last week, anger, secondary emotion. Like, how do you really feel? All of that stuff is that if that's what therapy teaches you. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mean Girl today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mean Girl. Woo! And it's the greenest flag of all. That's right. So yesterday, I was with a group of four guys. Okay. Oh, it was me and four guys. and Alone? Yeah. Nice Ooh, ratio. You mean? I don't know. <laughs> One on five. Yeah, with me. Fuck. No. <laughs> Put that up, Mike. <laughs> Mike was there. Oh. oh okay, you have to okay. say that. That changes the whole totally dynamic. What do you think? Like, random guy. <laughs> oh, no. Like, but, but even so. Sketchy cell. That literally just, like, changes the whole story. Okay, now I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> 
So Mike, three guys, they're talking. The one's telling a story, and he's are like, "Are they hot or single? They're our age. They're Mike's friends. Are they single? Two are. Are they hot? One is. Can you invite me around sometime? Yes. <laughs> and he's a chef. Oh, oh. Okay. and rich. Oh. oh. Doesn't matter, Whoa. but it's fine. <laughs> no, of course it doesn't. Okay, sorry. Could you? Um, so telling a story, he's like blah 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 blah, and then I'm like, "Fuck you, asshole." Sorry, Alana. Oh. And I'm like, "Why are you saying sorry to?" Like, I didn't like that. I did not like that he said that. Like, I'm your peer. Can you explain the story? Like, he wasn't saying it about another girl, was he? No, no. Okay. He was just he apologized for to me for using vulgar language in front of me. Because I'm a girl. Mm. I did not like that. I'm going to go devil's advocate You here. are. I am. Okay. Of course I was going to go the opposite <laughs> side of whatever one you went on. Um, <laughs> so now I can put myself in that. Okay. I appreciate it from the standpoint of probably trying to be like a gentleman. Like I think that would be like the basis of it. When my mom started a bar stool and people said like shit and F-U-C-K around her, they'd always be like, I'm sorry, Kim. <laughs> F-U-C-K. But she's a mom. <laughs> And I, and I do agree, like, you are the same age, but I see where he's coming from of, like, he's he's having guy talk with you there and then apologizing for having it. I mean, I, I get I get that. And I don't hate do. that. He's your friend, your boyfriend's friend. Like, if he was your guy friend, I'd be like, wait, what? But since he's your boyfriend's friend, I think he just wants to be polite and, like, more of a gentleman, which I'm not mad about it either. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm for yeah. him because how many times I know, it, it was him, like awkward. So. It like brought me, it made me feel like the other. Oh, that's you know fair. what I mean? That's valid. And like, what do you mean, dude? They couldn't talk about it any like vulgar stuff around you. Yeah. I respect that. And it, and it poses the question. This is the guy trip combo. Like the, it yeah. poses the question of, can you be, can guys be them real selves when a girl is around people debate that? Yes or no. I, I like to think yes, I oftentimes think the answer's no. So I feel like he was doing like real guy talk, but then when he pointed out, sorry, Alana, it like made it the elephant in the room. Yeah. Yeah, like everyone has to tiptoe around you. Yeah, it made me feel like, oh, should I leave? Right, right. Like, (laughs) what do you mean, sorry? Like, you're not apologizing to the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. I get that. I think the biggest thing is like, he's Mike's friend and not your friend. Yeah. So he probably felt like to respect Mike. Maybe. He was doing it out of respect but to Mike. I'm not Mike's object. That's right. You're <laughs> not you, you're not owned. You're not a number. <laughs> that yes. is true. The only time that's ever happened is when a guy is talking trash about another girl and they're like, sorry, Jordan. And I'm just like, I don't really care. I've heard it when it's like I effed her in the P and then they're like, sorry, Alex. Like then I'm like, well, you know, uh, that was Oh, pussy. <laughs> I was like, what's P? <laughs> Jordan after in the you know, and then and then a guy looks over. He's like, "Sorry, that was vulgar." Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I'm all right. I'm all right hearing it, but okay, I, that's different. Yeah. It's different. I think that was the basis of what he was trying to do. I think. Yeah, that's interesting, though. Yeah, it's food for thought. Food for thought. After the pee. <laughs> you know what else? I asked this guy. I was having this conversation with. Is it a red flag if a girl is talking shit on all of her friends to you behind their backs? And then goes up to their face and is like, hi, how are you? But like, she just, and he said, yeah, that's like a character flaw. And like, we have to work on that. He said, it's, that it's not yeah. a deal breaker, but well, it is. Remember the astronaut again? Yes. Remember how he would talk shit about his friends in front of me? Yes. And yeah. I knew the friends. Right. And I was like, this just makes me think that like, and this was our beginning of like three, four dates. Like, I think once you're comfortable and you're dating someone, like if you wanted to talk shit to Graham or if you want to talk shit to Mike, like you guys are partners now, it's okay. But when you're casually dating someone, you still should try your best to be like 
put your best foot forward because it tells you so much about them. Yeah. You're like, okay, they're insecure. They're willing to like, if they're his words, if they're doing it about their friends, they're doing it about you to their friends. Yeah. They have no boundaries on standing on people's shoulders. It goes like that one term where you're like, if she does it, what was the term? She does it for you to, to you. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like how in our gossiping episode, it's like, if she's talking shit to you, she's talking shit about you. Always. Every time. Or him too. I appreciate someone that like tries to hold their tongue because I know they'll do it for me. Yeah. Just hold your tongue for a little bit. I mean, like I said, once you become like true blue partners, like and you're comfortable, it's okay to complain. But like in the beginning stages, you shouldn't be talking shit about people to this person you just started dating. Right. Like be better. And they'll think it's cool if, if you're like positive. Yeah. 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 Oh, we love a positive person. What? <laughs> <laughs> talking about? Yeah. Like working, live to work versus work to live. So how you spend your time from nine to five versus five to nine and five to nine is like social life. Yeah. Hobbies. Or even like, you know, the TikTok trend where everyone's showing their six to nine, like the before work activities. Cause I think some people like they, their mornings are their fulfillment of the day. Mm-hmm. So like how you before and after work. First thing I'm going to say right out of the gates was Alana was talking about how you guys have like a friend that's dating a girl that is like a store manager at Lululemon. Oh, yes. And you're like, <laughs> I was talking to Graham about this this morning. And you're like, we're all jealous of her because you go to work. And then it's that saying where you, when you shut the door at work, you leave work there. Mm-hmm. But we take work with us everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's become more, that's a millennial thing where you work all the time. Um, but it's like working... Is works a sense of fulfillment for you? Does it need, does it need to be, is it a certain type of person that it needs to be fulfilling for? Yeah. I could never be a Lululemon manager because I get a lot of fulfillment from work and that is a necessity for me. Yeah. I think the biggest argument, especially our generation has is does your job need to fulfill you? Like, is it okay to have a job you hate because you should get all your fulfillment from your five to nine. And I have friends who are like, I don't really care what I do for job because I am so fulfilled in my outside of work life. And I have some friends who are like, I can't be fulfilled in life unless I like my job. And unfortunately I'm one of those people. So it's just like a constant argument. Are we working to live or are we living to work? And I think the biggest thing is recognizing which box you're in. And -hmm. if you're in the wrong one. So if you're like, I do care about work fulfilling me, but I work a desk job and I hate it. Okay. Maybe you quit and you do start doing something that feels more fulfilling. Yeah. Or if you're like, I listen, I don't care. I'm never going to care what I do. I want to pay the bills and I want to travel on the weekends and I don't want anybody to care if I come to the office. Then you get a box, you get a job that checks that box for you. Yeah. And I don't think there's a right or wrong. I mean, no, I I think it's how you're wired. Yeah. Like I know for the rest of my life, I'll always probably get 50% of my fulfillment from the job I have. Mm -hmm. Cause in Minnesota, when I worked a corporate insurance job, I was miserable Mm -hmm. in New York. I like my job and I feel more fulfilled Granted, I have more fulfilling things outside, but Alana yesterday brought up hobbies and she was like, do you have hobbies? And I feel like hobbies are such a strange and hard thing to have. Like my hobby was social media, but now I have that as a full-time job. Right. I think though, like, do you have a hobby? I like to think I have hobbies. I love to read. I love to box. I love to watch. I love to watch certain things. Like, um, I'll watch videos on like, Western stuff like that's a hobby for me. I think shopping has become a hobby Cowboys. for me. Cowboys, Cowboys are a hobby. Is a hobby of yours. Wait, <laughs> Alex, no, I love that you said that because I love to work out and I love to try coffee and drink wine and go to restaurants. And I don't think we think that can be a hobby, but I think anything that brings you fulfillment outside of your job can be a hobby. Watching Netflix can be a hobby. No, it can be. Somebody asked me, "When are you happiest?" And I said, "Right now, me at my happiest is in a. It's very specific. It's in a hotel room with two hours to get ready." 
and a bathroom by myself with like putting on an outfit I love with the purpose of going to do something. I'm so happy then putting on music like and that I think can be a hobby. No, it can be. Doing your makeup can be a hobby. It's all like hobby doesn't have to be going to knitting class. My happiness or my happiest time of the day is going to the gym and then getting ready. And that's fine. And that's not a being hobby. Rushed. Not being rushed. Yeah. Trying like, new foods. Hobby. Getting coffee. Hobby. Watching NASCAR. Hobby. Yeah. If it's not your main job, it's a hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I'm reading a book on that right now, but it's like that can be a hobby because it brings you a sense of fulfillment. Yeah. Hobby, you don't want it to be your main job. That's like the biggest thing, but it does make you happy. Yeah. Definition of hobby. Even if it was like you watching cooking stuff on TikTok, that can be a hobby. Fully. Like if it brings you happiness and it's not your work day, I think it's hobby. I have a stat for you. Boy, I love stats. You've given us a stat in a long time. Well, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Her hardest week, she gives us a stat. I love. <laughs> okay. So it's talking about the rise of anxiety. This is from uh, Lewis House. Okay. So I love Lewis House. I, I did not like him at first. And then I realized, like, why did I not like him? And I didn't really have a reason. So I started listening to him more. And I like him. I have a topic about him for another day. Okay. We'll save it. We'll yeah. table it. Remind me, because it will, like, put us on a tangent. Okay. So people from. So. Anxiety, right? So people ages 18 to 44, 22% of them experience anxiety. 45 to 59, and then it says a little over 20% experience anxiety. Okay, well, what's the takeaway there? Same exact number. So it's 18 to 60, like one-fourth, a little less than one-fourth, of people are like experience, experiencing anxiety like all the time. So your largest working years? Yeah, that's crazy. So then it says the rise in anxiety can be attributed to a lot of things, but the bottom line is it's the growing sense of like uncertainty. So not knowing what's coming and like not having a plan for it. So then he asked, okay, are you dissatisfied with life, career experience, maybe intimate relationships, friends, but most importantly, like are you dissatisfied with you? That's mm. where a general sense of blah can become the rule rather than the exception. So you just accept the mundane. So like from nine to five, you could just accept like mediocre, even though inside you're like, I want to do something more fulfilling, but you're like, I'm okay with it. So he said that all of that leads to the significant decline in happiness. And then this is the thing, people turn to bad coping mechanisms. That's where I think it relates to this. So if you're happy and you're nine to five, then you use your five to nine, not thinking about that, probably using hobbies that are fulfilling. If you're miserable and you're nine to five, most people, because of the uncertainty, they'll start using bad coping mechanisms. Maybe it's spending money. Maybe it's drinking. Maybe it's going out, numbing in some way. Even people can do gossip as like a coping mechanism to like distract your brain. So I think the only problem with the way you spend your five to nine would be if it was a coping mechanism and then it's like a compounding effect because you're just putting a Band-Aid over it and then you find yourself in 10 years like you're like, I was miserable because I was afraid to change something in my life that was like affecting me. Yeah, no, that I, I mean, that's really powerful, a little too powerful for my brain right now. I'm just kidding. But no, the, the thing about blah becomes your the rule, the rule. That was me for four years in Minnesota. I just eventually accepted that this was how my life is going to be. This is how life should be. And this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to New York and started doing things that fulfilled me. And now when I get to that blah, I panic because I'm like, ah, this is not how life should be. And I choose positive coping mechanisms to get me out of that blah. Right. But in Minnesota, I chose 
negative coping mechanisms. Yeah, and I think you can sense it too when you're like, I really need to go send this email and it's going to hurt and it's going to be vulnerable and like maybe I need to make a change. Or I can go text my friend about another friend. Yep. And I just feel like a little bit better. Oh, yeah. I should go to the gym, but instead I'm just going to eat this whole bag of Reese's Peanut Butter Cup eggs instead. Yeah, I'll sit here on my phone and I'll scroll Instagram. Yeah. And it's like you're just band-aiding it. Like, you didn't solve anything. You just moved it to the next day. And it's like that's the compound that I think can be really dangerous for people. I think uncertainty is probably the probably the largest thing that brings our generation anxiety. Uncertainty, yeah, definitely. Because also, I guess, our generation is more in debt and we have less saved. And so... Also, we have less secure jobs. And we just have short attention spans. And yeah, we're more likely to move jobs often. And it's like all of that. I used to not think anything of it. And then I was like, no, all that's very real. And mm-hmm. our generation's very keep up with the Jones. Um, yeah. we're, we're, we eat out more. We do all of these. It's like more flashy. And I think it all causes anxiety of like, are you actually fulfilled or are you just keeping up? Mm-hmm. And like, really, how do you feel? Like, fulfill, if you think about the term fulfillment, it's like, it hurts because I don't know that you ever truly are and you always have to keep pivoting. My biggest, or like, my biggest regret in life would be if I die not feeling fulfilled in my life or if I die with regrets. Yeah, I would think, I would think it would be that. I would think if you got the option between like trying something and failing mm-hmm. or Never trying it, trying and failing would feel so much better because at least you wouldn't have to die knowing you never did. Yeah. Like the pain of that would be so much worse than the pain of being like, if you're like, I tried it, I failed. At least you know you had the guts to do it as opposed to sitting there being like, I just never had the guts to do it. Like that's miserable inside. Yeah. Can we talk about smells? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I often smell like a spray tan was why I was hesitant. Do I smell? No. Okay. Cause are you, are you lying to me? I would tell you. Okay. So. I have used the same deodorant since I was um, maybe 18. Okay. And I think our bodies, any product, they become immune to it and it stops working. Fact. And I, I'm, first of all, don't listen to the internet. I shower every day. Like, okay. I'm a clean person. And I just said it because people are like, they also don't shower ever. That, that was- I, don't, I don't shower every day. <laughs> but I... I was never somebody who like struggled with BO or like sweating or anything. But recently I feel like I put on deodorant and then I smell immediately after. And I think it's because I've become immune to my deodorant. Yes. Without a doubt. Men, men become more immune to deodorant like a year. Like Graham will have to recycle his deodorant every single year because yeah, he'll notice within a week. He's like, Oh, I'm, my body's absorbing and it's not even like happening. Yeah. You have to like change deodorant. Often. I do every time I buy a new stick of deodorant, I just swap the brand because then your body. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, like face wash, all that. You're supposed to. I mean, they say a year, but you can totally become immune to something. Now, you don't smell, but let me ask you this. Thank you. Yeah, not at all. If, if I hate the way I smell right now. If you were attracted to somebody on every single level, but they smelled bad, would you one, tell them, or two, is that like a deal breaker for you? That's a deal breaker. I think it's a deal breaker as well. You know what really pisses me off? When somebody doesn't shower. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I was gonna Lucky say. guess. That was? No, that's not what oh. I was going to say. That guys, for some reason, don't wear cologne in our generation. I, I don't agree. The guys that I know, I swear to God, I can count on one finger a guy that I've dated in the past year since living in New York where they 
spray cologne. No, I think that cologne is like a hot topic right now. I think a lot of guys wear cologne and take pride in it. And I think now I'm a girl that doesn't wear perfume though. So this you art, don't? I don't wear because growing up, my dad was always allergic to any scent. Right. So I, it was always a no perfume thing. So I never wore it. I think if you don't wear cologne or you don't wear perfume, you're like relying on your natural odor, which like you can't control, mm-hmm. which is like crazy. But I think, I think guys wear cologne. I think they love it. I no, I've been going on the last few dates I've been on, or maybe they like just spray and they aren't spraying it directly on their body or something. Cause I'll be like, the last guy I went on a date with, I was like, we were talking about something. And I was like, Oh, do you wear cologne? He's like, no. And I'm like, that's a deal breaker. Wait, do you care though? If a guy does smells like nothing, like there's a difference between smelling bad, smelling like nothing and smelling good. Some people like, I don't smell at all. I'm like, you have no scent to me. No, I'm a, well, I'm a big smell person. I love when someone smells good. But but if they don't smell at all, is that also... It's not a deal breaker, but I would buy them cologne. Okay. How would you breach that topic? Would you be like, I... You know what you could I'll do? I would just tell them. Okay, you just tell them. I would start sending, like, photos of perfume and be like, pick your favorite. I'm such a scent person. Wink, wink, wink. Well, I like... that. I like tell that to people. I'm like, but I love cologne. Like, don't you don't have to wear it, but I love smell. You do love smell. I do. I do think perfume and cologne is something that's worth, like, splurging on because you can... Yeah. It, and it sticks to your body more, like, if it's nicer. Yeah. That's just, like, a fact. I think it's just so cool when people have a scent because then, no matter what in life, when you smell that scent, you think of that person. Yeah, that's where it's dangerous. But speaking of cologne, I was listening to Theo Vaughn last night, and they were saying how if someone starts wearing a cologne, like, there, there were three guys talking, they're like, if he starts wearing cologne, that means he's cheating on you. And I was like, oh. If he starts wearing it and he never wore it and now yeah. he wants to smell good? Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. That is interesting. Because I don't think if you never smelled good, like one day you're just like, I do want to smell good. Unless you've got a guy friend and you're like, he smells good. I could up that area. Other than that, yeah, no, that's something. They might have a cute new coworker. Or Alex, they're trying to get rid of the smell of her on them. That's what it is. I just thought of that. Wait, I would never be able to smell her. Well, think about like if, okay, I'm sorry, but think about Graham. Uh Uh-huh. He's like hugging this girl and her perfume rubs off on him and you know sometimes there's perfumes that are so strong that like yes like you touch me and i smell like you what if he then sprays cologne to get rid of her smell off him yeah that's actually i didn't think about that okay so that's the telltale sign or he's smoking cigarettes either (laughs) i would rather him be a chain smoker oh yeah because here's the thing graham wears cologne on the weekends right now or like if he's dressed up he's putting on cologne you know it i think it's creed oh he wears creed Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and i'm like okay cool but if he started wearing it, like, you know, after the gym, I'd be like, what's the cologne for? He gets home from work. He just smells doused in cologne. Yeah. And I'm like, uh-huh. Where were you, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Explain it. Say it to my face. You either chain smoking or making out with another girl. What if he's like, Yo, lady, you're crazy. I just thought I smelled bad today. I'd be like, oh, right. <laughs> well, in Graham's case, that would be the case. <laughs> never know. But I said that was funny because they were, like, talking about cologne and they were talking about, like, this one guy was like, yeah, I wear Axe and if... Would that be a deal breaker for you? If somebody were Axe or Old Spice. Okay, I don't know anything about Axe. Okay. I just know I've seen the commercials and I feel like there's a negative. It, it's kind of like wearing boxers with like holes in them or like briefs with holes in them. I think. Or like Victoria's Secret perfume. Yes. Okay, then that's a deal breaker because we're old enough now where it's like, come on. Like, like don't get wrong. I love the smell. But if I smell a guy wearing that, I'm like, are you 18? Are you wearing Axe? Yeah, come on. If you're Because that's the thing. They have the wherewithal to know they want to put it on. Yeah. And then they chose that. My, my mom used to like put that in my brother's stocking when like, we were like 18. Level up. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree with that. I guess Axe would, could be a deal breaker for a guy. In yeah. Old Spice. In Old Spice. Like love the smell, but. 
it's, invest in it's yourself. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Let's grow up a bit. Yeah. I do think the older people get, I've been studying this, I do think there are appropriate things to spend money on. And yeah. that would be one of them. Yeah. Like, I'm such a small person. Like, I hate the way I smell right now. Like, it makes me want to gag. What, what do you smell like? I, I don't know. I think it smells disgusting like B.O. You think you smell like B.O.? I think I just smell gross. Wait, I don't understand. Like, you, but you know that. So why don't you... I put deodorant on so many times today. I've sprayed so much perfume. Okay, and it just okay. Smells. Oh, you're trying to cover it up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're like giving it the effort. <laughs> yes. Oh well, I appreciate effort with anything. I'm always going to excuse the smell if I know you tried. I mean, I don't. You you don't think I smell? I don't. Th- I actually just got away with something good when you did that. Ew. No, I did. <laughs> but I like your perfume. We went like. Also, I think this is something big is like looking at what your friends like because you took me perfume shopping in Miami mm-hmm. and I've never gone perfume shopping because I've never cared. Yeah. But I remember watching you and you were like so invested in the smell and I was like, maybe I could get invested in what I smell like. I think your smell tells a lot about your personality. Because like there's floral, there's musky, there's earthy, there's more of like the, the masculine. You know that candle in Miami that you smell and you're like, I love this. Yes. That to me is like more of a masculine smell okay. and I love masculine. Yes. And that's like a perfume that you could buy. Do you think we like more masculine things because we have um, unisex names? Like, do you feel like you have an automatic, like if your name was Brittany, like you don't get to be like girl guy, but we're Jordan and Alex. So I feel like I have an automatic pass like bro or like not. No, I think we like male smells because it reminds us of boys. Oh, okay. <laughs> and your husband. Or reminds you of your husband, not me of your husband. <laughs> no. <laughs> it reminds you of Graham and me of other boys that I've like li- loved before. Loved. Yeah. I love. You. Maybe our names. Oh, no. I'm in love with you. <laughs> so, um, That's funny. Okay, cute. Should we do the listener question? Let's do it. Um, okay, quick pause to talk about C4 Energy. Because when you talk about C4 Energy, it is smart energy, the drink designed to sharpen mental focus and elevate alertness from the, mar- from the makers of your favorite performance energy drink, C4. Um, the new look and the new feel of the C4 Smart Energy is now available in six new flavors, and it's formulated to support focus and attention and with natural energy derived from green coffee beans with zero sugar, zero artificial colors and zero artificial flavors. That's like a dream and a can. I mean, honestly, it doesn't get any better than that. C4 smart energy is for when you want to bring more focus to the moments that matter, whether you're trying to get unstuck before a meeting, we just talked about that kicking off what's next in your career. That's huge. And just figuring out your next move or making dreams real so that you can unlock the moments of greatness, big and small. This is like our drink. Yeah. Like, this is like everything we believe. Get C4 Smart Energy at C4Energy.com, Amazon, and retailers nationwide. C4, stay focused. Love. Listener question. Ready. <sighs> this week's listener question is, I need to know the best way to subtly announce I'm single after a breakup. Four exclamation points. <laughs> Especially to my previous roster. Hot Insta post, slide up on their story, randomly text. Ugh. All of the above. Do it. (laughs) I think full flare launch a firecracker. So someone said this to me one time and I I believe it was a guy. It could have been a girl. I can't remember, but remember how I like, well, I was that one guy I saw the longest. Yes. Someone was like, I knew you were seeing somebody because of how your stories on Instagram were. Okay. Meaning what? Because on Instagram, when I'm not talking to anyone, I like, I, I didn't even realize I did this and now I'm very aware of it. But apparently I like post more like thirst trap trappy Instagrams or like cute, sexy, or like just like more of my face and like mm-hmm. my outfits. And apparently when I was seeing this guy, I never thought twice of it because unfortunately when I'm posting on Instagram, it's like for a specific somebody. But since 
he was my somebody I didn't think I needed to. Okay. So it was just like the tone of my Instagram story told that person that I was single again because they're like, oh, you started posting your, uh, your little thirst traps again. Okay. Okay. So I think when you become single and you, if you want people to know, mm-hmm. you have to start post the thirst traps, yeah. put a caption on there. Definitely like slide up on their stories. Cause then they'll be like, wait, what? Like, a guy like, can't liking the Instagrams. yeah. A guy can't approach you because he thinks you're in a relationship and he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And then I definitely think if you want to text him like a little like winky face or something, like why not? Life's too short to not. Also, I think people all know when someone's in a relationship and they go from posting pictures with their partner to thirst traps. I think we all know, like like that one person. We all know. We were like, she's posting some hot, sexy Instagram pics. Uh, I think someone's single. We it's just we just know. Uh, yeah, you can feel it. Get that on camera? <laughs> you can. Little Miss Baby Vape? <laughs> it's just a little dabble dabble. Just a little dabble. Um, I think we just know, though. Did yeah. you see when I accidentally posted my photo for Graham on my Insta story? No. I texted you about it in New Orleans. I deleted it, but it was up for a couple hours. I thought it was when you were speaking gibberish in the camera. That's what I was also doing. I went to Bourbon Street. It was a bad idea. Like I went back to college. Wait, you posted a thirst trap too? Kind of. I didn't. I, I deleted remember. it though. Like it took me like four hours, and Graham was like, "Get up and delete the photo." Wait, what was it? I don't remember. Also, I, I have it. All I remember is I woke up, <laughs> and it was Alex had so many stories, and I was clicking through, and all of a sudden there's one where she's talking, and I skipped through, and I was like, "Wait a second, why is she talking?" So I went back, and it was like, <laughs> like when she gets in your gibberish, and I was like. Oh my God. And then I like, blah, blah, blah. And then you texted me. And I thought when you texted me, it was the gibberish story, not the picture. Cause I don't remember the picture. Okay, good. Maybe I deleted it before you saw it. I think you did. Well, all that to say, I think, <laughs> I think people's story can let you know where they're at in life. I didn't want people to think I was at that point in my life. Wait, true. Yeah. I was like, Graham was like, you posted it. Like he doesn't even care. He's like, like you sent me that photo. And then you also put it on your Insta story. If you want to delete it, delete it. If not, don't. I, I think that people don't take their Instagram story serious enough. Like we do because our jobs is social media, but I don't think like I have a lot of friends who never post on their story. I think use your story to your advantage. Like tell the world where you're at in life. I think if you're single and you want people to know, absolutely. And absolutely. And if you're seeing a guy and you want to do a little bit of a soft launch, like throw his hand in that picture. I live these soft launches now understanding them like a guy's hand. I'm like, oh my God, I see what you did there. Did you see my friend that you know? Yeah, well, I saw her close friend story. Yeah. Oh, well, ignore the close friends, though. Like, she put his hand on her actual story. She and I was did. like, okay, we're going soft lunch. But yeah, I was, I think you can really use your, um, and oh my God, all the girl needs to do is create a close friend with her roster. Oh, use your close friends and let everyone know you're single and post. She could even be like, um, so glad I'm finally single. Like, she could go that in depth. That's what she should do. And add only her roster to her close friends. Or the shadow tag, which we love. Yes. She should, just, she should choose war with social media because she wants people to know. Just do it like you have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. That's what she has to do. Close friend. Close friends is like, I'll edit my close friends sometimes. And I'm like, who's seeing this? Oh, this week I edited my close friends. Was I on or off of it? You were... I've never removed you from my close okay. friends. Yeah, same. I'm like, whatever. I'm- AB, do what you do best. Um, Like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook. Oh, watch this on YouTube. Watch it on you. I think we said it at the top, actually. Okay, good, good, good. Um, and then that's it. 
Yeah. Um, we oh, lo- leave us a five-star review. We need, we need those right now. We, the haters kind of came in and left some bad reviews. If you love us and you're still listening at this point, you must love us. Go, go whip a 5e in there. Put, go on Spotify and Apple. Do us a little double tap. <laughs> double tap. And we love you guys. 